the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host. It is great to be with you again today. And I get to be with you also on Thursday this week. So I'm looking forward to our time together, as I always do. It's always great to hear from you, get your calls, and talk about some serious things, sometimes some not-so-serious things. But I have a sense that this is a serious week for a lot of reasons. Thanksgiving, of course, coming up, it's a big deal. Lots of family gatherings, or maybe you don't have family gatherings. I read somewhere that three out of five people are banning relatives, either because you didn't get the vax or you did get the vax. Is that true? I, three out of five, I don't, I don't know that I'm buying that, but uh, you know, a lot of tension happens. Uh, maybe there's three out of five people you just never want to come, and this is your excuse this year, and you don't really care about that. But whatever the reason, I'm really glad that I am with you today and that we get to hang out for a couple of hours this afternoon. You can give me a call anytime. The phone number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. would love to have you be a part of the program. As always in the afternoon, I've got my coffee ready so I can refuel for the rest of the afternoon. Maybe you do too. Maybe your drink of choice is something else in the afternoon, bottled water. Maybe that's probably the healthier way to go, but I've got my coffee. I like it. I have no biblical reference for it, but I think Jesus would probably drink coffee. Uh, I call it the brew of the believer, the libation of the liberated. And I mean that as libation as a synonym for drink. I looked it up. You have to look up words, right? And I and I didn't know this before, that one of the definitions for libation is as a drink poured out as an offering to a deity. Well, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not offering it as a worship offering here, although everything I do is worship. I'm giving God thanks. Thanks for coffee. Thank you to, as the story goes, the goat that ate the coffee bean off of the tree and started dancing around. And the farmer said, hey, there's something to those beans there and invented coffee. I guess that's that's where it came from. Anyway, I hope that you've got yours, that you've got a good afternoon planned. Or if you are in traffic, if you are driving home on your way home, I'm glad we get to hang out and be here together. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I'd like to encourage you to enter that into your phone. That way you can just tell your phone to call KKLA, and uh, you can give us a call anytime. As I think about the word liberated or libation and how I, I had to look that up, it's something that I think more and more often we have to get in the habit of because words change. You have to be careful with language these days, as always, because sometimes a word can mean something different than how you mean it, and uh, you didn't realize that the meaning for that word changed, and now everybody's grumpy with you, and you're wondering, what in the world did I do? And it can change because of social media. You know, the kids have always done this, right? I mean, like when I was a kid, if somebody said, uh, you know, Scott, those shoes are sick. Well, that meant I'm going to throw up. Those shoes are ugly. Those are terrible shoes. But now, whenever I go to the youth group and they say, Scott, your shoes, those are sick shoes. Uh, I had to look that up also in the Urban Dictionary. But it means good. They like my shoes. How about that? And uh, they're just regular shoes. But uh, I don't know. Whatever it is, maybe they're just looking for something to say. Of course, there's some more serious things uh, to talk about with words. And this hour, we're going to talk about our words and get into the scripture a little bit because it matters greatly. I'm very concerned about not only where our whole culture is going, 
but mostly where the church is going, in particular the language that we use in speaking to each other or speaking online to each other, to people we often don't know, although the people you know are looking at what you're posting online. Did you know that? I'm most concerned about that because your testimony, your ability to be a disciple maker is with those people who are in your relational world, mostly. Mostly it's those people who you're going to influence for Christ. Mostly it's those people who, if they are not believers, as the old cliche is, they're not reading their Bible probably, but they are reading you. And what we say has an awful lot to do with everything about our testimony. What we say, not just when we're deliberately sharing the gospel, but what we say in normal life, what we say on our Facebook or our Twitter feed or wherever it is, I think it matters a lot. And today's a weird, it's a weird time because words are getting people in trouble that you didn't even know would get you in trouble. There is a university, Lake Superior State University, and this is kind of funny, and I thought I'd share share this with you because maybe it'll get you thinking about some things. Since 1976, They've put out a list of words to ban for each year, just words that we need to stop saying, words that in the culture we keep saying that maybe we've said all year. It's time to end that, and you get to vote on it. You can go to their website. Their website is lssu.edu slash traditions, and uh, you can go to there, and I guess it's a school tradition, okay, banned words list, and uh, you can vote on it. What words, let me ask you this question, what words would you ban for 2022? As we come to the end of the year and you're thinking about your holiday gatherings and different things, and you reflect maybe on 2021, which has been a weird year. It's been a hard year. What words would you ban in 2022? Call me and let me know. 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And uh, here's the words from last year that were officially banned. Okay, you ready for this? Now, it's not too hard. You You can't copy it. can't use the same things. COVID-19. Everybody last year was sick of saying COVID-19. I don't think we thought we'd be saying it so long and so much into this year. And every derivative of it, COVID, coronavirus, Rona. I remember when people started calling it Rona. I started calling it the COVID. You know, people would be sick and be like, hey, you got the COVID? Yeah, it sounds a little more, I don't know, dark, menacing that way, the COVID. My mother-in-law, who can't hear too well, she calls it the COVID. And she'll say to people, you know, well, I hope you don't have COVID. They're like, what's COVID? I like, kind of like it. It softens it a little bit, right? The COVID. Social distancing, I vote for that. I'm done with social distancing. I just, just hearing it, oh, man, that, you know, I, I get it. I understand the whole idea. But uh, the other thing that was banned, it can be a phrase, not just a word, but a phrase that we would ban. We're all in this together. Remember we said that all the time? We're all in this together. Everybody would say this. We're all in this together. And it became clear pretty quickly that we're not We're all in this together, but we're not all in the same boat. That was the cliche I thought that was a pretty good one last year. Yeah, we're in this together, but we are definitely not in the same boat. Everybody's got something different going on. In abundance of caution, that was banned for 2021, and I'm totally in agreement of that. You know, everything's in abundance of caution. I'm an abundant person. I don't like scarcity at all. I think there's plenty, but we've had way too much caution. Uh, I think it's not really caution. I think it's fear. We have way too much fear in our culture. Uh, And it's one of the reasons we're ruining the language. Uh, Pivot. People thought we should stop saying pivot. Unprecedented. I'm for that. Usually things are somewhat precedented. Okay. Sometimes we say it's unprecedented. Well, it just means you're not old enough to remember. That's typically what it means. Uh, Karen. Remember people started using the word Karen to describe uh, the type of person who yells at the manager uh, at the target or wherever you go. And, uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not nice if your if your name is Karen, especially. I'm sorry, that should not have been there in the in the culture, uh, but it is. And uh, I used to work for uh, Kmart. We called it Came Apart, and for a while I worked at the customer service desk at uh, Came Apart, and. Uh, that was an experience. I'll never forget the lady who returned her nachos that she bought in the cafeteria. She did. She, she bought nachos. She didn't like them. And I thought it was strange because I thought those nachos were awesome. But she came back and gave an entire review for Food Magazine on the, the Kmart nachos and wanted her buck 95 back. And uh, she, was, she was not very kind about it, actually. She was very disappointed in the nachos. But uh, we gave her her money back. Uh, that's, that's the way it went. Sus. Your kids say sus. You know what that means? It means suspect or somebody's very suspicious. And it came from a video game among us. I am an older dad for having kids. My kids are James and John are my boys' names. And uh, yes, the, the sons of thunder. And that's not why we named them that. They're actually named after grandparents. Um, but we're, of course, aware of the biblical reference. James and John. And they turned out okay. So we know that, that story. Uh, James and John started using the word sus. And because I have younger kids, I was hip to that word there, sus. I got it. Oh, that's from that game you guys play uh, all the time that uh, I have to get you to stop playing because you just like it too much. Anyway, different words are out there. Different words need to change. There's a few that that I have. And I think it gets more serious than that. If you want to join in on our conversation, it's 888-52-TALKS. That's the phone number, 888-528-2557. You know, the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about words. And in fact, in the Bible, one of the things, one of the biggest subjects actually is our words. And maybe this is a better subject for you uh, to want to talk about. What are some things that Christians need to do better as far as how we use our words? How can we use our words better? The Bible actually has a lot to say about this. And the book of Proverbs, there are many Proverbs about this. Uh, And it talks about the wisdom of using our words. And I thought, it's a good time to talk about it with family gatherings coming together. And maybe you're getting together with neighbors. And I hope that you do that, by the way. When the holidays come up, Thanksgiving and Christmas, a great thing to do. You know, if you're, if you're comfortable, you know, if you don't have, you know, a sickness or some reason not to do it. And I realize there's COVID and people have different thoughts about it. But there are so many people who have no family. They have no friends that they're going to go see. And there's, there's, they're just lonely on this day. Invite them to your house. One of the greatest things my wife and I have done is we have done this a couple of times on Thanksgiving and for Christmas. We've just put out there in the social media world, hey, if you don't have a place to go, come to our house. And you know what? I think every time but once, people took us up on it. And we had pretty random crowd at our house one Christmas. I mean, it was kind of funny. But we had a big old turkey, which I guess you may not have this time, but they still have ham, right? You can do something big for people. Just get the big thing and be ready and invite people. It matters. But you still want to have your words right. And we get so divided, so backwards, and you don't want to put restrictions on it. Like, you can come to my house, but only if you're vaccinated, unvaccinated, or more importantly, what do you believe about those things? What do you believe about masks? What do you believe about the Democrats and Republicans? You know, what's your opinion about the Rittenhouse trial? What's your opinion about this and that? You know, and start to divide by so many different things. Wisdom is something that matters so greatly. The Bible says how you speak will make or break your life. You ever say something that you wish you could just take back? I'm the kind of person that I, you know, my profession, being a pastor, being on the radio, I use a lot of words. And sometimes I offend people and I just have no idea 
it's not what I meant. And uh, sometimes I'm saying something that just comes out. Sometimes I say something and I realize the moment it came out of my mouth that I'm in a lot of trouble. And I feel like I see the letters actually pouring out of my mouth. You ever do that and you just want to shove them back in, but you can't. Learning to speak wisely is all important. And I think this is something that we're losing. I think we're losing it in our, our culture, the ability to think carefully and speak wisely. And I think it has a lot to do with our division. But for Christians, I think it has a lot to do, and I'm saying this to all of us, in all of our churches, it's an issue in mine, it's an issue in whatever church you go to probably. We tend to put ourselves on different sides, different factions of different things. And we don't even need to. But it really, really matters. How in the world do we use our words in a positive way. Here's a few things that uh, the book of Proverbs speaks on words uh, quite a bit. Proverbs ten thirty one through 32. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is fitting, but the mouth of the wicked uh, only what is perverse. I want you to think about that. How righteous are we, do- are we as Christians with our words? How are we doing? Is And it isn't that we, I think what it's saying here really is that what comes out of our mouth is indicative of who we really are. How do we use our words? We can use them in positive ways or negative ways. Proverbs 10 verse 18 says, he who conceals his hatred has lying lips and whoever spreads slander is a fool. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. That's such a huge one for, for pastors or people who talk a lot for a living like I'm doing. You know, when words are many, sin is not absent. There are so many times, don't you wish we'd have kept your mouth shut? Or even we do it when we're typing something, an email. Do you ever get an email from somebody and it ticks you off? And so you immediately decide, oh, I'm just going to respond, blah, 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 blah. And then you respond. And then they respond back and they go, that isn't what I meant. And then they clarify. And then you realize you're the idiot, that you misread it, that you misunderstood that you just shot something back with your words, and now you got to fix it. It matters. Proverbs twelve thirteen, An evil man is trapped by his sinful talk, but a righteous man escapes trouble. From the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things, as surely as the work of his hands rewards him. You know, the fruit of your lips, the Bible tells us a lot what should be coming out of our mouth. Encouragement, building people up that these are the marks of the believer. It isn't that we don't speak against sin or that we don't speak out when there is injustice or things that are wrong. We obviously speak to that, but you can speak to those in, in ways that are better than others also, in constructive ways. An evil man is trapped by his sinful talk, but a righteous man escapes trouble. Proverbs twelve seventeen: A truthful witness gives honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You ever said something you wish you didn't say? You know, when I do marital counseling, when I get together with people who are dealing with things, so often there might be activities that a person is doing that are inconsiderate or that are rude or he's not paying enough attention to her or she's always on her phone, you know, typing away and never talking to him. There's things, right? But the things that seem to hurt the most are when things come out of our mouth that just pierces like a sword. I had a couple one time where he he said, you are 
the worst cook in the world. He said this to her. And, you know, the thing is about men is that when we use our words, we often use them like a mallet. Okay, we just slam down. Bang, bam, there it is. And she'll never forget that. Every meal she makes the rest of her life, she's going to think, I'm the worst cook in the world, or he thinks I'm the or will he be pleased by this? Can I do better? A uh, one time. Uh, women do it differently, by the way. Most of the time what I find is that women use their words more like a scalpel uh, against their, their husband. And uh, it's just like, you know, if she says to me, you know, you're the worst cook in the world, I'll laugh it off. And I won't even think about it the next day. And if I'm doing the cooking or if I'm doing whatever, just I won't think about it for a while. But if she says that enough, it carves off enough of me that I'll start to get bitter. I'll see men get really bitter over time. And they don't know why they're bitter. They don't know why they're pulling because it just so happens so slowly. Reckless words pierce like a sword. They do great damage. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up tr- anger. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I think in the next hour, we're going to talk a little bit about anger, some things going on in the culture. And uh, one of the things that we find is that things just continuously escalate, don't they, with our words. This is the Southern California Live program. I'm Scott Furrow. I'm your guest host for today. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, if you want to talk about how we can use our words uh, in a more positive way, that's one of the things that I'm really looking for us to do, particularly as believers. How can we lift people up? How can we build people up by using our words in a positive way? A lot of these Proverbs, by the way, that I'm reading, are they come across maybe a little bit negative, uh, and it's because we can do so much damage with our words, Right. Proverbs is teaching us how to use them better. So they're not all this way. Proverbs 16.23 says, A wise man's heart guides his mouth, and his lips promote instruction. How often are we building people up or instructing people in a, in a kind way? And isn't it great to get feedback in a way that is encouraging? Not feedback that says, you know, you're an idiot. I was counseling a couple one time, and and... They're driving down the road, and this was the, the argument they had, the, kind of the way he would respond to her. She says she's cold. I'm getting cold. And, but she had her window down, right? So he says, idiot, roll up the window. Well, what she said was, I, so I rolled up my window, and then the next thing out of his mouth was, so tell me about your day. She's like, you just called me an idiot. I don't want to tell you about my day. What are you talking about? Lips can promote instruction. We can be positive with the way that we say things, okay? Proverbs 15.4, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Isn't it great when somebody says something to you that is the tree of life, when somebody says something to you that you really need to hear, that really builds you up? You know how what a great friend you are or a great spouse when you just compliment your spouse or you compliment your friend or you compliment your coworker on something they're doing and you don't add the word but and then turn it into a criticism, but where you just say, hey, thank you for doing that. Hey, when you did this, you did a great job. When you did this, it was a fantastic uh, gesture. I, hey, I noticed that you did this. Sometimes for some of us, we're really good at that. For others of us, it's kind of a discipline. You just have to do it. As, a, as an employer, I try to make sure that I encourage my staff with positive things when I recognize them. And uh, sometimes, frankly, I take them for granted. 
because I've had some great people working for me and like they do a great job and I think they know that I think they do a great job, but I've been surprised when I've sat down in a meeting or I sit down to do a review or something and then I compliment them about how moved they are because they weren't sure of what I thought. We always have to tell people and encourage people because we have so much negativity in the world and we're surrounded by it. I'm not sure we're going to survive social media. I'm not sure we're going to survive the negativity of social media. I think you can use social media if you're on top of it as a way to communicate with close friends and family. And if you're good at it, you can filter out. You don't have to friend everybody and you don't have to connect with everybody. But for some of us, it just becomes a place of rage, a place of of negativity. Stay off of it. You know, a good friend of mine has deleted all of his social media and he said it's the best decision he's ever made. And maybe that's the decision you need to make because it will help you because there's so many words that aren't that good. Proverbs 16:24, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Pleasant words. It's great to be around people who speak positively. I'm gravely concerned about the church. I'm gravely concerned about even pastors where it gets so negative from the pulpit. I have to be careful about this because there are things that I'm frustrated about. And there are times when we need to say things that are hurt. Jesus got angry a lot. He usually got angry at the religious people, though. If you notice that, he got mad at the people who knew better or who should have known better. Most of the time when Jesus is frustrated, most of the time when he's speaking out, he's not speaking out against the Romans. He's not speaking out against the pagans. He's speaking out against the religious people who aren't doing what they're supposed to do. We have to be able to do that. But in our regular relationships, we want to be with each other. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you today. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We're talking about our words and how we can do better with our words. And so give me a call. Join the conversation, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I'm your guest host, Scott Furrow. Great to be with you today, and I'm glad to be with you wherever you are in your drive home. Maybe you're in the office working on the afternoon and getting some things done. We have a full week here before Thanksgiving. Do you get the whole week off? Maybe if you work retail, you don't get it off at all, although I think a lot of places now are not opening on Thanksgiving Day. Hopefully, we're pulling that back a little bit. For a while, that began to change, right? And everybody was open even on on Thanksgiving Day, on Christmas Day. I think one of the things that is most vital for our culture, maybe one of the reasons that we're so divided is that we're not with each other, that we are working so often. We have multiple gigs going on. You got a side gig, a side hustle, something else you're doing. Maybe you're doing it for fun, but maybe you're doing it because you have to, especially here in Southern California. It's expensive to live here and prices are going up through the roof. $5. I paid $5 and 29 cents for gas a gallon the other day, five twenty nine. And yes, that's more expensive than most places. Although every place is catching up, I think to that. And I paid that because I was very much out of gas and I was in a neighborhood right next to highway. And the only gas station there was that. So the prices are going to be more. That's what happens. And uh, I paid it five twenty nine a gallon. That affects everybody. It affects us quite a bit. And people are going through difficult times because of that. 
So what's something I mentioned in the last segment, and I want to say now as we continue to talk about uh, words, is I want to invite you to invite people to your home for Thanksgiving. And I know that some of you might be opposed to that because of the coronavirus thing. I'm not even sure what people are going to say. Remember last year, last year we actually got all kinds of rules about that. I haven't seen any of that this year. And there were some funny rules about uh, Thanksgiving, like one of like the ways you can have Thanksgiving. It recommended that you have, you know, individually wrapped meals for everybody and that you do it outside, uh, which we can do in Southern California. I think the CDC put this out, but you can't do that in a lot of the country in November. It's freezing outside. People are just not going to sit out there. Uh, my favorite one, though, is to encourage guests not to bring their wind instruments. So don't bring your oboe or your clarinet or your trumpet or your tuba over for Thanksgiving. And I thought, does this happen often enough that the CDC has to tell people not to do it? I mean, do you ever have, you know, your Uncle Ed bring his tuba over for Thanksgiving? I don't think I've ever experienced that. Sometimes people come over and they play the piano because you happen to have a piano sitting there. But I I can't recall in all of my Thanksgivings, and I've had some big ones, I can't recall anybody bringing over uh, maybe a guitar. Maybe I've seen that before. Uh, but I've never seen anybody, you know, bring over their French horn and start to play before the meal. Anyway, uh, don't do that, apparently. But whatever the rules are, and maybe you just need to realize that you've got to reach out to people. People are lonely. We had a pandemic of loneliness before we had this pandemic. And this has just exacerbated it. And now we're divided over all kinds of things that we didn't even think of a couple of years ago. One time I, I had a Thanksgiving with a whole lot of people there and we had a great time. And this was a few years ago. And eventually, you know, the conversation turns to politics and we would, the room was filled with Democrats and Republicans. Okay. People on different sides. And we got along a little better back in those days, the Democrats and Republicans, people arguing back and forth. And actually it was a lot of fun. And uh, until one person decides to join the conversation And he starts going down this path, and this path is all about the collapse of the system and the evils of basically every institution there is and how civil war is coming, and uh, we better get ready, and he's the one who's going to start it. And it scared the crud out of everybody in the room. And it was kind of funny because we, uh, we finished the Thanksgiving meal very, very quickly. I mean, you never thought you could eat your, uh, your yams that quickly, but everybody did. You just were just shoveling in while he's going through this diatribe, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I remember that uh, that Unabomber character a few years ago, and uh, you sound just like him. All right, check, please. Uh, do you want some pie? No. Uh, we're just going to go home and uh, have our turkey coma on the couch uh, of our own house. Our words can change the mood. Our words can impact relationships significantly. You ever have that problem? Uh, ever been in a situation where that goes on, you can call me and tell me about it, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Proverbs 16, 28, it says, a perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friends. I think this is a huge one for the church today. Nobody likes to be called perverse, but I think the question here is what kind of person stirs up dissension? And this is what we're doing in the church today so often. Have you noticed this? I mean, there are different opinions about so many different things. And we're going after each other. And then a gossip separates close friends. Let me tell you something. As a, 
as somebody who's been in ministry his whole life, I would much rather have a church full of people who are struggling with addictions and sexual matters and other types of sins that are really public, all right, that everybody sees. A good friend of mine is a juvenile hall chaplain, and he always gives the same talk. Whenever you invite him, he gives the same talk. And I think he only has one. He spent a whole career with only one talk, and it's brilliant. And he talks about how the kids who he works with, whenever they get in trouble, their face gets pressed against a police car, and everybody knows their sins, and it's all public. But then he turns it into the sins that are not criminal, the sins that go on so often in the church. And he talks about gossip and slander and backbiting and all these things that are going on in our churches and how they are all in the same list of different sins that are perverse. How are you doing with that? I mean, do you really even think about it? Sometimes, sometimes it becomes just part of our, our system. And a lot of this is brewing on my mind as we're coming out of this year and we're looking at the church coming out of the COVID situation with attendance has been really down, but it's, it's coming back, but people have been sorted. It's called the great sort. And what's happened is people have left one church to go to another and you're going to churches where people are more likely to agree with you on non-important things. And we sort of tear each other down. One of the things I think that is so relevant about the idea of a gossip separates close friends is that is what happens Words have so much power, and the reason a gossip separates close friends is because when you're gossiping, you're gossiping with your friends. Have you ever thought about that? This is the why, why this is true. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. When you are gossiping, you're gossiping with your friends because your non-friends or your, your people who maybe you don't really know too much, they're not going to take everything you say you know, for what it is. They might listen to you for a while, a coworker or somebody, and they're like, okay, yeah, well, so-and-so is what, okay, whatever. And they might think about it. They might believe you. They might not. But the people who you know closely, the people who are closest to you, the people who are in your small group, the people who are in your book club, the people that you know more intimately, when you're gossiping about other people with those people, well, they don't think twice about what you're saying. You say, you know what, Fred is such a pig, let me tell you why. And they say, oh, really? He did what? What did he do? And they just believe it. And the next time they run into Fred, the back of their mind, they're going, oh, didn't know you were a pig, but I know now. And how do they know you're not making that up? See, that's what happens with gossip. As it turns out that the person who's doing the gossiping, uh, either one of two things happens. Number one, people who are their close friends find out that what they're saying about Fred is not true, or it's been exaggerated or it wasn't the whole story, because eventually somebody wisely says, hey, I heard this about you, Fred. Is it true? And then Fred gives his side of the story, and you go, oh. And now you look at your friend who's the gossiper, and you go, I don't, I don't trust you anymore. You have some other agenda. See, it starts to separate friendships. It starts to destroy relationships. See, our words, they have so much power, not just over the people who hear our words, but also over the speaker. When we share things about other people that are not true, when we share things about uh, different situations, it breaks up our relationships. Don't gossip. Can I tell you this? In your church, don't participate. And the church gossip, whoever that is, you need to confront that person quietly, just yourself. And they're telling you something about the pastor or they're telling you something about somebody else in the church. And sometimes they do it through a prayer request, right? You're in the prayer circle, you know, whatever you're doing. And, you know, we need to pray for, for 
for Joanne. Let me tell you what Joanne's doing. And then they pray for Joanne and all of her sins. And uh, you've just slandered uh, Joanne throughout your prayer. And that happens. And that is destroying our churches. It's destroying our testimony to a world that needs people who speak truth. We need to speak the truth. It matters greatly. James chapter 3, verse 2, it says, We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So that's what our, our mouths do, our tongues. It directs our lives. The things that we say can move us away from relationships or into better relationships. We can connect with people better or we can destroy. This is what we have to do. If you're struggling with this, you know one of the things that you need to do is confess it to God, confess it to somebody else, and trust that the Holy Spirit wants to work with you to help you keep quiet, to help you not bring people down, to help you discern when you're hearing stuff about somebody else that may or may not be true. We need this in our personal relationships. We need this in how we discern things in the news even. Because, I mean, there's entire you know, stations that are dedicated to gossip, right? Dedicated about, to gossip about celebrities, gossip about politicians, gossip about what's going on in, in the White House or this campaign or with this movie set or this actor or this actress. My friends, Christians shouldn't be a part of that conversation. We need to be the people who are uplifting and even praying for all of those people. Yes, including the celebrities, including people that we hear are being torn down. Maybe people are tearing themselves down. Fine, pray for them. Be the light with the words and how you use them about people you know or even people you don't, but people who are famous, people who are in the public eye. Use your words correctly. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You can join our program by calling that number right now. We're going to take a little break. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Scott Furrow here, your guest host on Southern California Live today. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We've been talking about how we use our words and one of the great ways we can use our words is through encouragement and in building people up. And something I want to say, and I'll say it a few times through today, because I, I really want you to think about this, is to invite people to your home for Thanksgiving and Christmas as we get closer to these holidays. And don't be afraid. You know, you might have a reason, maybe you have a you know a medical reason why you need to not be around people because of the, the COVID-19 virus and all of that. But I think that you're probably around people all the time. Most of us are. Most of us are with people regularly, strangers, with people we're not normally with. And there's a certain way that life has gotten back to normal uh, in most places. It's different in different places in Southern California, obviously. Right now, if you're in Los Angeles in the in the city, you've got a lot more restrictions than if you're in other parts of Southern California. That's kind of the way it is. But And you need to do... You know, be respectful to people, but people need connection. And as believers, one of the great things that we can do is we can reach out. In fact, one of the greatest things about the church throughout history is whenever the church has actually gone in to danger, whenever Christians have taken the time to actually go into places where 
it is seen to be unsafe or where people are, are not getting attention, where people are not being loved. The church has benefited. God is glorified. It matters greatly. I can't encourage you enough to reach out to friends, to reach out to coworkers. Your coworker who you think might just have their life together. Maybe they don't. And they need some encouragement. And sometimes that encouragement is just an invite. Sometimes that encouragement is something you can say. Sometimes that encouragement is something that you can do. And when you invite them to the house, you know, don't get in an argument about the politics or whatever. Just care about them. I had a coworker one time, and he was the best in the business. He was, in that company I worked for, he was award-winning. He was the guy up at front getting, you know, the, the accolades for his, his salesmanship. He was a salesperson, and we all were. But he was really great at it, just magnificent and so good with people. And everybody just thought, you know, this guy's got his life together and he's married, he's got a couple of kids. And, you know, if you just worked with him, you thought everything was going great. Well, one day he asked me to help him move. And I said, yeah, I'll help you move. And uh, I went over to his house and immediately I discovered his life is not together at all. His house was a mess. I've never been in a house that was so messy, never. Never one time. And when I say his house was messy or dirty, I'm talking about dirt. I'm talking about literal piles of dirt on the floor. Literally. literally. I'm no joke, not making it up. The smell I will not even describe to you. If you sat down on the couch, you would have to move a bunch of stuff out of the way, and then you sit down and poof, it would just have a cloud of dust come up because that's just the way it was. And his wife came out and she's acting like everything's fine. The kids are running around. You know, kids are pretty resilient to those kinds of things. But I was stunned and trying to hold it together. I couldn't believe it. So we moved his stuff to a new place and immediately his new place smells bad because you couldn't even smell the the stuff and how bad it was. And I was able to get a bunch of people from church to come over and not only help him finish the move, which was actually overwhelming because there was so much stuff, but I was able to actually help clean out a lot of stuff, get him some new things. And it broke down so many barriers and we got to have spiritual conversation. I was working for this company and I'm I'm being a little vague because, you know, I don't know, maybe this guy's listening. And uh, if you are and you know who you are, I love you, man. Still do. Uh, You can reach out. Uh, Love to know how you're doing. Uh, But the interesting thing to me, the thing I've carried with me my whole life since this, this was a long time ago before I was in a ministry role Uh, professionally, is how nobody would have guessed. And I'm telling you this because the people in your relational world, the people that you interact with, they have stuff going on that you have no idea is going on. You have stuff going on with you that your coworkers and and people around, maybe even people in your own family, people in your own household don't know what's going on. We need to be with people. So do not assume that the people around you have plans for the holidays. Do not assume that they have family that's loving or that they are invited somewhere. Maybe they're not. You know, today there are people losing their jobs because they aren't getting vaccinated. There are people who are just quitting their jobs because of one reason or another. And, uh, you know, that's a hard place to be in. It's a very scary place to be in. And all the politics of it aside, there's a real human issue here. And there are people who have family who are in hospitals who they can't visit. It's a little bit easier now, but still it's pretty bad uh, with the COVID. There are so many needs that people have. You have an opportunity as a believer to be encouraging with your actions and with your words. So I would encourage you to do that. 
This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Have you ever been invited somewhere and uh, been encouraged because of that? Uh, call me up. Tell us a story. We've got a few minutes left. We'd love to hear, you, hear that story. As we think about words that we've been talking about this hour, Proverbs 15.4, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but the deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. We can be a tree of life. Don't we need that? I feel like we are struggling so badly. We really need to have this kind of truth. We really need to have gentleness and kindness. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I'm watching these trials that are on TV. So that's Rittenhouse trial um, going on right now and the Aubrey uh, trial that's going going on. And there's a lot of concern about what's going to happen, whatever these verdicts are afterward. And are we going to have demonstrations and that would be all right, but are they going to turn violent? Um, and you know what? There's a really good chance that they might just simply because of all of the stirring up of dissension, the stirring up of anger by people on all sides. I mean, it's, a, it's an incredible time that we're living in that this is going on. We need to realize that as believers, we are the ones who can be persuasive to the truth, that we don't need to be speaking the harsh words, and we shouldn't participate in arguments that are just stirring people up, that are just raising up the frustrations that different people have. Proverbs twenty-five fifteen: through patience, a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. What that means is, is that just because we're talking about gentleness doesn't mean that you're some kind of uh, wimp or that you're not speaking out. There are ways to do it that are appropriate, and there are ways to do it that are not. And when we just get upset and when we just say stuff that maybe isn't even true, we're just stirring things up and we're inflicting pain. But when we are gently speaking the truth, like when Jesus sits next to the woman on the w- woman at the well, he doesn't excuse her behavior or her lifestyle at all. And, uh, but he is so kind to her. He listens to her. He sits with her. And uh, he asks her about her husband. She, he already knows the answer, but she says, I'm not married. And, she, and he says, yeah, you've had a few, haven't you? And I imagine him saying that with a smile, but it must have been piercing to her soul. We can do this intentionally. We can have relationships with people where we are kind, where we are thoughtful, where we can be encouraging to each other and do it in a bone-breakingly clear way, in a tone, in a language that is kind, that is motivated for their actual spiritual best interest. And, uh, you know, the way that they respond when you do it that way is they might say, I don't want to hear what you have to say, but it's clear that you love me because of the way you're saying it. This is how Christians need to come across. This is how we as pastors need to come across, by the way. Pastors are some of the people who are on the worst side of this, especially on social media. Oh, my gosh. Amazing what pastors put down. You go, would you ever say that from the pulpit? And if you do, how many, you know, oh, my gosh, don't do that. Jesus wouldn't do it that way. Proverbs 10.32, the lips of the righteous know what is fitting, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. Fitting, it means literally delightful. And you can choose your words to fit the situation of whoever you're talking to. It really matters. Proverbs 25, 11. A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. It means good timing. 
Uh, sometimes words can be true, but at the wrong time, right? Proverbs twenty five twenty, like one who takes away a garment on a cold day or like vinegar poured on soda is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. You know, if you know somebody who is sick or they've died of COVID or they know somebody who's sick or dying of COVID, uh, it's the wrong time to get into some kind of argument about whether or not to take the vaccine or masks or those kinds of things. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. That's the wrong time. People need the Christians in this day and age to love each other and to rise above these controversies. And I'm saying this because I think that as we get to our holiday time, these things are going to be prevalent in our own lives, in each one of our lives as we interact with people around the table, our families, and it matters. So commit these things to the Lord. Commit these things in your mouth to the Lord. You pray about that. If you're struggling with how you speak, you're struggling with frustrations, commit these things to the Lord. I hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, that's something we want to do. We're going to be back here in just a few minutes and change the subject a little bit. 888-52-TALKS is the phone number, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow, and you're listening to Southern California Live. I want to remind you, you can get the podcast for this episode at kkla.com. Just search for LA Live and the link for that. You can find the podcast uh, for this and all the episodes of this program right there, kkla.com. Or if you're in San Diego, go to kprz.com and check out a lot of stuff that's on there uh, that's a part of this great station. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.